Welcome to Life Church. We are an ex 242 community, a family on a mission to bring the life of Jesus to Warrington. We hope you're ready to hear what God has to say to you today through His Word and by His Spirit. Okay, uh, yeah, I am a little bit nervous, but uh, as Daniel reminded me this morning, I am um, very good at talking, which I'm sure anybody who's spent a lot of time with me um, would know. Um, I got up a couple of weeks ago um, and said that a child, we started practicing our nativity songs um, for the, the carol service, I'm a primary school teacher, if anybody didn't know, um, and a child said to me, Miss, it sounds like we're singing songs to a king, and uh, I said it a few weeks ago, I'm saying it again, because I think that was really powerful, because we, we are singing, when we're singing Christmas carols, when we're singing our songs, we're singing to a king, um, and I think the nativity story and the fact that children all over the country, all over our town of Warrington, learning this story potentially for the first time potentially for the tenth time it's got so much power um, and I'm so glad that I got to that my first preachers at Advent because I, I really believe that this time of the year is so powerful for people learning about Jesus for the first time and more than learning about Jesus for the first time it's children's first experience of faith and of people real people acting out in faith um, and as I was reading through the accounts of the nativity in the Bible I really could have done this on anybody um, anybody from that story, the shepherds, Joseph, the wise men. But um, uh, I chose Mary, as, as you'll see, because uh, it's been a quite a, a, an exciting few weeks in the Pimblet family. Um, if you didn't know, my brother and his lovely girlfriend had a baby a few weeks ago. Um, there's a picture there, Stella, a live-action version over there. Um, come for her first experience of church to see her auntie preach. Um, and we... A week before Stella was due to be born, me and Adele went, um, went pottery painting, as you can see here. And I said to Adele, oh, isn't this lovely? A week before Stella's going to be born, we're uh, sitting here pottery painting. And Nick had already asked me to preach, and I was thinking about Mary. And I said to Adele, uh, I wonder what Mary was doing a week before. I don't think she was pottery painting. And Adele went, well, no, she was on a donkey on the way to Bethlehem. <laughs> um, and I think it really, like, I think seeing Adele in that situation, and like, she couldn't pick things up off the floor. She couldn't do anything. Mary was getting on and off a donkey. And that must, it just struck me how human she was and that she, yeah. these people are real. And I think it can become something sort of magical because it's this time of the year and you see children dressing up as Mary with the tea towels on their heads. And it, yeah, it can become a bit unreal. And I think sometimes it's good to stop and remember that these people were real and the things they did were motivated by real things that were happening in their lives. Um, so I'm going to read from Luke. Um, which is the next, there we go, uh, Luke 1, 26 to 45, and I haven't brought my glasses, and that wasn't a very good idea, so I'm going to pick this up. Um, the birth of Jesus foretold. In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. The angel went to her and said, greetings you who are highly favored, the Lord is with you. Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. But the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you are to call him Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever. His kingdom will never end. How will this be? Mary asked the angel, since I am a virgin. The angel answered, The Holy Spirit will come on you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. 
Even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age, and she who was said to be unable to conceive is in her sixth month, for no word from God will ever fail. I am the Lord's servant, Mary answered. May your word to me be fulfilled. Then the angel left her. At that time, Mary got ready and hurried to a town in the hill country of Judea, where she entered Zechariah's home and greeted Elizabeth. When Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the baby leaped in her womb, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. In a loud voice, let me just turn the page. In a loud voice, she exclaimed, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the child you will bear. But why am I so favoured that the mother of my Lord should come to me? As soon as the sound of your greeting reached my ears, the baby in my womb leaped for joy. Blessed is she who has believed that the Lord would fulfill his promises to her. Um, as I was reading this, well, a lot of things jumped out at me, but there were three, three things that really I wanted to talk about, um, about, not only about Mary's faith, but about the character of God. Um, and the first one is um, that God is a creative God. I think Mary's reaction, again, it's, it's so human, so, so normal. I think when I was imagining what it says in the Bible before I actually sat down and read it, I sort of thought that Mary took it all on the chin and she was, okay, well, I'm going to be Jesus' mother, that's fine. But actually, it says Mary was greatly troubled at his words, and that's before he's even, the angels even told her what's going to happen. But to be fair, I think I'd be the same if there was an angel suddenly in my house. I'd probably be greatly troubled myself. And then she questions it. She says, how will this be since I'm a virgin? And then she hurries off and sees her relative, and I would I'd immediately go and see my mum. So I, it, it felt very, it made, it was comfortingly normal, I think, her reaction. Um, the angel tells Mary quite a few things in that, in that bit. He says that, he says, um, that she's going to have a son. He'll be, called, he'll be called Jesus. He's the son of the Most High. He will have the throne of David, and he will reign forever. And Mary's reply is, how will this be since I am a virgin? She the bit she can't believe is the fact she'll have a baby, not that that baby's going to be the son of God. Uh, and that, really, it's because this is utterly unprecedented. This has never happened before. This isn't something Mary could have possibly expected. And you can just imagine Mary's mind whirring with the thoughts of how this is going to turn her life upside down, the cultural ramifications of what is, ha- what is happening to her, how society is going to see her. So she's unable to believe that first sentence, never mind the rest. She's so focused on the small picture this pregnancy, which is unexplainable, that she ignores or is unable to comprehend the huge stuff, that, the, that her son is going to be the son of God. Yeah. And I was just thinking how often we're guilty of this, and I know I am, um, of being focused on the here and now and whatever's happening, how that's going to affect my life right now, rather than the big stuff. Yeah. Um, and we're missing the bigger picture that God's trying to show us. We let the smaller stuff take over our brain, um, and it doesn't leave us room to see the magnitude of what God is doing. Um, In Ephesians 3, uh, about 17 to 20, it says, And I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may have power together with all the Lord's holy people to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ. I love that bit because it doesn't just say how how deep is the love of Christ. It says how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ. And And to know this love that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine according to his power that is at work within us. Mary being pregnant at all was miraculous and impossible. But that was, that's tiny compared to the fact that this baby that she was carrying was going to be the son of God and that God was sending his only child, his only son to earth. Um, we can't allow ourselves to get stuck at step one. 
and just to focus on that. God is able to do more, immeasurably more, than all we can ask or imagine. There is always more. He's capable of so much more than we can ask or imagine. We have to let God do the unprecedented. He is not finished yet. Um, there's a song by Elevation Worship called Same God. And it says at the end, this is the, the same God that freed the captives. It's the same God. that the, the God in the Bible is the same God that we have here now. And I think, you know, there's, in the, when you're reading through the Bible, some people don't believe the Bible because of the crazy things that happen in it. It seems unbelievable. But that God that, that made the donkey talk, that um, flooded the earth and saved two of each animal that let Peter walk on water. That is the same God. His power is still at work in this world. And we, we can't let ourselves, we can't let our focus on the here and now put limitations on God's creativity. Yesterday, me and Adele were looking at Stella and um, Adele said, I just can't believe that this baby was formed inside me. And the power of God, he, he knitted each and every one of us. But I think it's so clear when you look at a baby and you see just how perfect and how wonderful and how perfectly formed they are. And that's just a tiny bit of what God created. God created the universe. His creativity, we have to let him act that out in our lives. So that was point number one. Um, so the second point, which was really the first one that jumped out at me, um, is the angel tells Mary about Elizabeth's pregnancy, which is another unbelievable miracle, but actually one that's seen before in the Bible. So you can imagine that was a comfort, comfort to Mary because she would, she would have known about Sarah and Abraham and Sarah becoming pregnant. Um, so that sort of, I can imagine she's thinking, okay, well, you're right, you have done things like that before. It's almost a reminder to her of God's power. Um, so she's given another example of something that was said to be impossible and that it was the power of, the God, the power of God which made it so. Um, and we see Mary leave and go to travel to see Elizabeth. I love that it says hurried in the text, because it doesn't have to, does it? It's, just, it's a nice detail that she hurried off to see Elizabeth. It, you know, it's, it's likely that Elizabeth was the first person she was going to tell, or she just wanted comfort from Elizabeth. Um, and she, you can imagine her on the way there, playing the conversation over and over in, the head, in her head. How on earth am I going to say this to her? Um, and she enters the house, and she calls for Elizabeth. And before Mary can say anything at all, Elizabeth fully understands the situation and blesses Mary and her child. Mary does not have to explain because God has already made it clear to Elizabeth. God is so kind. I think this, um, this really reminded me, when I was in my um, third year at university, I had to go on a year abroad, and I had to decide about a year before where I was going to go. And uh, I had a plan. And I was told I couldn't do it. And we were, uh, we were going to Cherish, which is the ladies' conference that goes alongside the men's conference. Or well, that did, doesn't anymore. Uh, and I was in the car with mum. And I said, well, my plan's been, like, been scrapped. I don't know what I'm going to do. I hate not knowing what to do. And my mum was like, oh, we'll pray about it. And I'd like to say that. I was like, oh, that's a lovely idea, mum. I wasn't. Um, she's looking at me knowingly. Um, but we got to Cherish, and we were singing. There's a song, The Stand, by Hillsong. And it says... Um, um, arms wide and heart abandoned um, and I had this thought well I could go to South America and then I was crying and thinking oh my goodness how am I going to leave my family behind how am I going to leave my mum with with three boys and um, I, I, didn't, I didn't know what I was going to do and then there was a break at Cherish and we went and we were sat in ZZ's in Leeds and I sat down and I thought oh, is this a time to tell her should I tell her now should I wait and she turned to me and she went Jules what about South America in his, guide, in his kindness, God took away that burden from me. That's right, yeah. 
And it was a small thing. It wasn't like going to Costa Rica was huge. And I, um, you know, that, that, that was something that was really hard. It was far harder than actually just having that conversation with my mum. But God took away that burden from me like he took it away from Mary. Um, in Romans 8.31, it says, What then shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? And if God is for us in the small details of our lives, in the tiny conversations, then how much more is he for us in the pain, in the hard times, in the, really ch- in the challenges we've got? Who can be against us? When God is there for those, those small things, our God cares about the details of our lives. He relieves us of the small burdens. And that gives us the space to focus on him and to worship him. Immediately after Elizabeth says, um, after she blesses Mary, Mary, it's called Mary's song, the section in the Bible. And it is just sort of five, ten verses of Mary just worshipping God. Now, she'd had to sit down and have a conversation with Elizabeth and say, this is what's happening, blah, blah, blah. That worship, it would have been changed. She, didn't, she wouldn't have had that space for it by taking away that burden Mary was given space to worship God and to, be, to have joy in the blessing that God had given her. Um, yeah, so. Uh, the final point that I have um, is about obedience. When the angel speaks to Mary, she's, she's confused, she's greatly troubled at first, and then she questions it. She says, how will this be since I am a virgin? And then she accepts it and obeys. When she accepts it, she says, I, I am the Lord's servant, And she's just heard the most amazing news. What has just been said to her is that she is favoured. She she has the favour of God. She's covered in grace. Her son is going to be the son of God. He will reign forever. You can imagine it's it's a massive high in her life. And in these moments, how easy is it to say, I am your servant, that I I will serve and obey. This this week, I've um, I've had a pretty fantastic week, to be honest, which I don't say very often. But I, I was observed on Thursday. Yeah, I don't enjoy being observed, but I had just fantastic feedback that made me feel amazing. And I, was, I left school and I was walking home um, and I had my big headphones on and I was blasting firm foundation in my ears. And I was thinking, oh my goodness, yeah, rain came, wind blew, my house is built on you. Everything I do is in your strength. Everything I do, it's, it's nothing to do with me. It's completely from you. Thank you, thank you, thank you, Jesus. And I was thinking, sort of Mary sort of cut across my mind. And I was thinking, if my deputy had sat me down today and said... Actually, that's not your best lesson. Would I have been walking home in the same way? In those moments, it is easy to say, I am your servant and I'm going to live this out for the rest of my life. But unfortunately, it's not a checkbox exercise. I don't get to say, everything I do is in your strength and then the rest of my life, I'm just... It's easy because I know that everything I do is in his strength. Faith is tested in the tough times. In James 2.17, it says, in the same way, faith by itself if not accompanied by action, is dead. We can say, every morning we can say, I'm the Lord's servant. But if we don't do anything with that, then what, what's, it's empty words. Um, Mary has just heard that she's favoured. That must have been the most fantastic feeling, that an angel of God has come into her house. I mean, that's not something that happens every day. An angel of God has come into her house, said that she's favoured, said she's going to carry the Son of God, and she says, I am the Lord, your servant. No, not I am the Lord's servant. <laughs> I am the Lord's servant. Um, she, must have, she must have asked herself so many times over the years if she was doing well. I can imagine I, as a primary school teacher, you, sort of, you, give, you get given the care of these children. 
um, and you, you always, you're always wondering, are you doing the right thing about them? Are you doing enough for them? Now, to be given the care of God's child and to be raising God's child, how much more is that? How, much, how many times must she have asked herself, am I doing enough? Am I doing enough for this child? How many times she must have doubted, overthought, even asked herself if, if, that, was what truly, if that was truly what the angel had said. She had to continue to place her faith and trust in God. She had to wake up every morning and decide to live her life as though she was God's servant, as though she is God's servant. When she said, I am your servant, her, her journey had barely begun. That was the very beginning of her pregnancy. And God didn't just ask her to be pregnant and have Jesus. She asked, he asked her to raise him. And she was there for his entire life. You know, we see her at the cross. She's still there. But that can't have been an easy journey. You can imagine... When Jesus went missing at Passover, we know Mary and Joseph had other children. So when they were returning home from, uh, from Jerusalem, she probably had loads of children underfoot. And she looks around suddenly and, oh my goodness, where's Jesus? She, it must have just been like, oh, for goodness sake. Like, and she'd had to trust that he was safe because God, the angel said to her, he's going to reign forever. So she had to trust that he was safe. Um, it's often in those moments that we see our faith falter. But hers doesn't and she is still there at the cross 30 years later um yeah so I think you could get a lot out of Mary really but those are the the massive things that I saw that God is a creative God and we ha we cannot put limitations on his imagination and his power um, God is a kind God and he cares intimately about the small details in our lives and finally it is not enough just to say, I am your servant. We have to wake up every morning and decide to continue to be his servant. Um, I'm going to pray, if that's okay. Uh, dear Jesus, thank you. Um, thank you for this season of Advent. Thank you that we can come before you every Sunday morning and hear your word. And thank you that when we read scripture, more things jump out at us. Thank you for that, that we have scripture in front of us and that we are able to sit and read your word. I pray that this week we remember that you are the power, you have all the power and that you are the king and that as we come before you every day, we remember your power, your creativity, that you created the universe. And if you created the universe and every tiny finger and toe on a baby, then your power, your creativity is, it is unimaginable. Remind us of that every day, Lord. I pray that you give us the strength this week to continually renew our obedience in you. That the things we've said yes to, that we continue to say yes to as we wake up every morning. Help us to act out in our lives. Amen. We've come to the end of this week's message. We hope you've been impacted and inspired. Keep up to date with everything that's happening by visiting our website at www.lifechurchwarrington.com.